to discover your destiny in life, you know the Word and the Spirit of God. The Word of God gives you the depths and the Spirit of God gives you the breadth. Welcome with me, Senior Pastor, Destiny Life Christian Center, Reverend Festus Ubu, as it brings to you the creative Word of God you need for life and destiny. Is our month of the living word. Is my month of the living word. And then we began to look from the book of John chapter 6. John chapter 6 verse 48. John chapter 6 verse 48. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And then in verse 51... It says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. <laughs> and the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Come on now. It said, for the life of the world. In other words, he said, the bread that I'm going to give you will control the world system, will redeem the world. And a lot of people will just think that that's what he's just saying, to redeem the world only. No. To re he said the life, you know, when we want to talk about the life is the very essence of a thing, the thing that makes the whole system to work. And that's why it's the word of God that sustains the whole world. And the Bible says, it kept all the systems of the world by his word. By his word. That's why the sun is working the way it's supposed to work. The earth is working the way it's supposed to work. The stars are working. The galaxies, the planets, they are working the way. The Milky Ways, they are working the way they are supposed to work. Because of what? Because of the word. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God has kept all of these together. And I tell you that it's that same word of God. When you apply the same word of God in your life, that same word of God will keep your life together in the very plan and purpose of God. The word of God, when applied into your life, will curse the manifestation of the finished work of Jesus Christ in your life. Everything that Jesus died for will manifest in your life if you apply this word of God. Now, there are two dimensions here of the word of God that Jesus presented to us. He presented his word as his flesh, literally talking about the communion. We have dealt with that. Talking about the communion, his body. So, so the communion is not just ordinary meal. It's a spiritual meal where we literally partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, that's very important for you to know. So, it's not just a ceremony. No, it's not a, a religious rite. No, it is a reality in it. We are literally partaking of the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's another dimension of the word. 
And that's what we see in verse 63 of that John, John 6, verse 63. He said, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profited nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So here comes the spoken word. The spoken word that then was written for us. You see, you look at electricity, and then you see the electricity powering the AC, causing some mechanical effects in the AC. It's still that same electricity that is causing, that is transformed to another kind of energy, mechanical energy now. The energy of electricity transformed into powering the fan or powering so many things in your home. You can see that conversion happening, but it's still the same source that is powering it. It's powering it. The electricity powering the lights. And the electricity is always there. That electricity is always there. Always there. So if you tell me that, oh, there's no electricity anywhere. There's no electricity. Because you don't have lights. Or because your bulb, but your bulb is, uh, is faulty. Or because your transformer, the transformer in your area is faulty. You know, said there's no electricity anywhere. Oh, we'll just be looking at you. Because the truth is, there's electricity. It's just that it's not reaching you. Because of what? Because there's a faulty transformer. If you get that transformer sorted out, then the electricity will be powered to your area. And then once the electricity is powered to your area, you can, you can have electricity power to your area, and yet, you still don't have light. Probably because your meter is not, the credit on your meter is not uh, enough. You have, you have exhausted the, the credit on your meter. But we see this electricity moving from one particular energy to another, but it's still the same electricity. So the, the, the word of God came as a spoken word, and then this spoken word was now written down for us, and then that's why you can, the, 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 you can convert the written word to the spoken word, and then vice versa. So that's why the word of God, the written word of God is so potent. It's so powerful. Hallelujah. It's as powerful. In fact, I'll show you in a moment, if we have the time, I'll show you in a moment something. I will make a statement, but I don't want to make it now until I, we get there. Hallelujah. So he said, it is a spirit that quickened The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So this brings another dimension of the living word, which is the spoken word, the spoken word, Becomes the written word. And so the written word is left for us today. The written word is the Bible. The Bible does not contain the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the Bible is the word of God. Yet, there are statements in the word of God that were not direct statements from God. Quite all right. And that's where the Holy Spirit begins to help you, begins to interpret these things to you. But to say that the, the Bible contains the word of God is to say that the Bible contains the word of God and contains the word of the devil and then contains the word of human beings. No, the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. Yes, it has stories of men and uh, the devil and angels and so many other things. Yeah, because the word of God is about us. The word of God is to human beings. And then the word of God begins to show us in stories, begins to show us in experience, and then begins to show us in parables the way things work in this life. Hallelujah. So we are going to concentrate on the written word of God. The word of God, the Bible. How that we can, we can look into the word of God and begin to see how we can begin to transform, move the word of God from the form it is to another form to produce result for us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Amen. So we see, he said, I'm the bread of life. I am the living bread. And I said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Glory to Jesus. So when he said that, if you go to verse 64, let me quickly read what happened. I said, but there are some of you that believe not. So it means believing the word of God is very key if we're going to get Everything that the word of God has made available to us. He said, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Verse 65. He says, and he said, therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except you were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and worked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Oh, <laughs> can, you see, can you see the dimension of revelation that Simon Peter got that kept him with Jesus? So 11 of them had that revelation that Jesus Christ has the words of eternal life. Listen, the word of God. Listen, the Bible says he says, says, says he was going to give his life for the life of the world. In other words, he's going to bring eternal life to natural things. He's going to bring the divine life of God to begin to operate here. And of course, it was impossible for the divine life of God to begin to operate here illegally without Jesus Christ coming as a man. Jesus Christ has got to come as a man. Yes, that's the only way. Because when, when God created Adam and Eve, he told them, he said, let us make man in our own image and let them Immediately, he said, let them have dominion. From that very day, God handed off the earth to Adam. 
God could not do anything here on earth again outside of Eden. <laughs> you know, the, the, the sovereignty of God is limited by his word. A lot of people, when they talk about the sovereignty of God, they look at God as, oh, God is sovereign. Whatever he wants to do, he can just do. No, no. In heaven, he can do whatever he wants to do. But here on earth, God cannot do whatever he wants to do without us. So that's why he, said he, he has exalted his word above his name. <laughs> in relationship with man and in relationship with earth, God has exalted his word above his name. In other words, whatever he has said in his word, he cannot break it. He said, I cannot alter it. I can't. He cannot break his word. So since that day that he told, he said, let man, let man have dominion over the earth. Man was given the dominion. Ah, little wonder why the devil told Jesus when, G, when he was tempting Jesus, he said, Jesus, bow down before me. And I will give you all of this thing that was given to me. Who gave him? Adam. Adam gave him. It was Adam that gave him, not God. When he deceived Adam, there was an exchange. He took over the, 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 the world from Adam. And Apostle Paul referred him as the God of this world. How did he become the God of this world? Because Adam gave him. But thank God Jesus came. And Jesus died. Hallelujah. Jesus died and he got it back to us. But how did Jesus come? Jesus did not fall from heaven. Jesus had to come in the form of the man. And that's why he told, he told, immediately, immediately the devil deceived Adam and Eve. And then they were deceived, and then they found they were naked, and they were hiding from God. And then God came and then asked them, what happened? And then they, they, they said, they were afraid when they heard the voice of God the very first time. They were going to be afraid of the voice of God. They had sinned. They had missed it. And yet the love of God was with them. And instantly, God didn't go to go and be thinking, what would I do? He said, no. He said, the seed of this woman will crush your head, you devil. Come on. Glory to Jesus. He didn't say, God didn't say, no, 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 no. I'm going to, no. On the matter of the earth, he has given that authority to man. And let me tell you, it wasn't too late for the man to get that authority back. That was what God was saying. Oh, man, you have made a mistake. But I tell you, the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman that you deceive will cross your head. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. <laughs> and so that's why Jesus had to come and borrow the womb of Mary. Who knows how many times the angel had come to one um, Hannah or to one Magdalene 
And those ones say, no. No, I don't believe you. What you say? Angel of the Lord. Maybe Mary is the seventh woman that the angel of the Lord came to. The angel Gabriel. Maybe one angel Gabriel had gone to um, I'm trying to just get some, you know, Nigerian name. Nkechi. And he said, no, I don't believe you. But when the angel came to Mary, he said, let it be according to your word. I believe. She gave her consent because God will never force anything on you. On the matter here on earth, you've got to give your consent before any miracle, before God can have his way in your life and move on your behalf, you need to give your consent. Glory to Jesus. And so, and so that's how Mary said, let it be according to the word of the Lord. <laughs> and that's how Jesus the seed of the woman came and then came and crushed the head of Satan and then got the authority back to us. And yet the devil had not given up and yet the devil is still using the same tactics that he's been using since then. And what is it that the devil is always fighting? The devil is always fighting the word of God. The word of God. That's what the devil is fighting. That's what the devil is fighting. And how did Jesus dealt with the devil when he came to tempt Jesus? Through the written word of God, transformed into the spoken word in the mouth of Jesus. Hallelujah. The word of God is the capital that you need in life. <laughs> that's what you need in life you say you don't have anything who said so you have the word of God the word of God you have the word of God that's the capital that you need in life Simon Peter said in verse 68 <clears throat> then Simon Peter answered him Lord to whom shall we go <laughs> it's a, I mean it's, it doesn't make sense to leave you that has the words of eternal life. The words that can produce anything here on earth. That's what Peter was saying. He said, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, where would we go? You have the transforming word of God. We have seen it. We have known it. And he said, verse 6, now we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. So where are we going? So why did some disciples of Jesus leave? Because they didn't have that revelation. They didn't see the way the 11 apostles were saying. Why is it that Judas Iscariot was able to do what he did? Because they didn't see what the other disciples were seeing. His perception was so low, he couldn't see beyond his nose. He was deceived. What are you saying today? Twelve of them, perhaps more than twelve of them, were always with Jesus. And yet eleven were seen differently, while others were seen differently. And so when Jesus made some statements, others went back. 
Judas Iscariot didn't go back, but he went on another mission to fulfill the plan of the devil. Your perception about Jesus matters a lot. How do you see Jesus? Peter said, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. So that's the living word. The living word is the word of God, the written word of God. The written word of God, the Bible. The Bible is so powerful. If the Bible is not powerful in your hand, it is not the Bible that has problem. It is how you perceive the Bible. Some people, they just perceive the Bible. It's one of those religious books. All you will get out of the Bible is religion. That's all. And I tell you, religion has never helped any man. <laughs> religion puts men into bondage more than anything in this world. I'm telling you, religion puts men into bondage more than anything in this world. I repeat that again. Religion puts men into bondage more than anything in this world. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is the life of Jesus. Glory to God. <laughs> Christianity is the life, the very life of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's why today I will begin a series that I have titled The Integrity of the Word of God. The Integrity of the Word of God. The Integrity of of God's word. <clears throat> Come on, say after me, the integrity, integrity of, God's word. of God's word. And when we refer to the word of God, we are talking about the Bible. So, so don't spiritualize it for me, please. I'm talking about this Bible that we are carrying about. This same Bible, yes, that professors that are not born again are reading. Yes, that same Bible. <laughs> we want to know that there is a, the, the, the Bible has such a heavy integrity. When we talk about integrity, what are we talking about? We are talking about the efficacy of the Word of God. We are talking about the effectiveness of the Word of God. We are talking about the infallibility of the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God does not have the capacity to make mistake or to fail. That's what we are talking about. The infallibility of the Word of God. We are talking about the reliability of the Word of God, the unchangingness of the Word of God, the sufficiency of the Word of God, the truthfulness of the Word of God, the authority, the final authority of God's Word. God's Word as the final authority. We're talking about the audacity of God's Word. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about. So we're going to be looking at it. We may not be able to finish today, but we'll keep looking at it. We keep digging in to look at the integrity of the word of God that you are carrying. And the word of God in our modern day is not just only that hard copy book. No, so so <laughs> it is religion to say that the hard copy book, Bible is the real Bible. It's religion. 
It's religion. <laughs> when the word of God can transform to anything. So the word of God is transformed to an electric, electronic format. You are not telling me that the word of God is, that it, it has reduced the power of the word of God. You are missing it, sir. Ah, no way. No way. So when talking about the word of God, we're talking about the word of God, the hard copy Bible. We're talking about the electronic form of the Bible on your phone, on your iPad, on your tablet, on your computer. Because it was transformed to e-copy has not reduced the potency of the word of God, the integrity of the word of God. The integrity of the word of God can never change. Hallelujah. So that's what we're looking at. Uh, we're going to be looking at. Hallelujah. Let's read from Romans chapter 3. Start reading from verse 3. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3. It's looking like I will only be able to lay the foundation today. Romans chapter 3. Start reading from verse 3. It said, what, For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the fate of God without effect? No way. God forbid. Yea, let God be true. But every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sins, I mightest overcome when thou art judged. What is Apostle Paul saying here? Apostle Paul is saying that, see, if there is no one man that will believe the word of God to prove the integrity of God's word. He's saying that what it just means is that every man that had the opportunity to prove the integrity of God's word is a liar. And God will always be true. And the integrity of God's word, because it wasn't proven, is still true. That's why I say, let God be true. And that's why you can never use the experience, a negative experience, or someone to explain the word of God. No, no. <laughs> no, if, if your experience does not tally with God's word, Bible says, let every man, let you be a liar. Let the word of God remain true. Because that's it. The word of God is true. In spite of whatever anybody is going through. For example, God said in his word that the earth is, is, is spherical. Is spherical. That was what he said. But there was a time that the whole of the humanity believed a lie. They believed that the earth was flat. For many, many years, generations upon generations, until someone had to go through the earth and discover, no, the earth is not flat, the earth is spherical. Eventually, man had to come up to the level of the revelation of the word of God. So, and that's why there are things today that we hold as true. But they're not true. Why? Because the word of God says, this one is the truth. And then they are saying, no, 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 this is the truth. No, it's just a matter of time. Even there are scientists today, they are growing up 
to come to the truth of God's word by research. By the research they do, they come to realize that, wow, what the word of God says is true. We don't need science to prove us. All we need is that God has said it, and that's final. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, Pastor Bukola quoted this, you know, when we're praying this morning. He says, for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. <laughs> Your experience cannot determine the promises of God. That you prayed and you didn't receive does not mean that the promises of God is not yea and amen. The promises of God are yea and amen. There is no nay in him. That's what the Bible No nay in him. If God says that by the stripe of Jesus you are healed, if you are not experiencing heal, healing, don't ever come to me and say, ah, you see, and, and I was praying to God and God said, uh, concerning this one, no, no, that you won't receive healing. No. No. <laughs> and then you, you say, yeah, but even it's in the Bible, it is written. Uh, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, you know, God said he was going to die. I mean, a foremost prophet told Ezekiah that does hear the Lord. Prepare your, your family. You are going to die. This sickness will take your life. <laughs> that was what the prophet had not left the palace. When Hezekiah turned, turned to the wall and, and began to pray to God, the word of the Lord came again to the foremost prophet. He came back and said, Thus said the Lord, the Lord has added 15 years. So I don't know where you got your own from. Now this is from, it is even Old Testament. When the promises of God were yet to be constituted as yea and amen completely because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. <laughs> Hallelujah. And yet a man by understanding and by revelation was able to tap into what was in the New Testament. Added 15 years to his life. There's no reason why sickness should oppress you. There's no reason why sickness should be in your body. There's no legal spiritually there's no legality in it if you're a child of god is illegal for sickness to be in your body jesus paid for it so it's not god's will for god it's not god's will his promises are yea and amen he's illegal and then you're asking but pastor why is it i've been trusting god you've been trust that's the reason it's not happening <laughs> I, I trust God that by the time we are done with this series, God will open your eyes to how you deal with sickness and other troubles in your life by the word of God. Hallelujah. Your belief system needs to change. He said, for all the promises of God in him are ye. 
don't look at the experience of others to judge how whether the promise of God are yea and amen. It doesn't matter how big that person is, how maybe be a mighty man of God. You know, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> the word of God is yea and amen, and that settles it. That settles it. In Hebrews chapter 6, I'm just trying to lay the foundation before we really get into, into uh, what is the integrity of God's word. And then we look at scriptures that shows us that, see, the word of God is infallible. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13, he said, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Why? Why would God? God was making promise to a man. And then God wants to do it the right way. There must be an agreement. And agreement, there must be a covenant attached to it. And normally when you are signing an agreement, you must get a witness. Depending on the heaviness of the contract, so your witness must be a lawyer or a lawyer like someone. So, so when it comes to agreements, so when a lawyer represents you, he shows somebody in a high authority, respected by the government. But in this case, God was making a covenant, an agreement, signing a contract of agreement with Abraham. And then he looked. So who is higher than me? So nobody. So God had to swear by himself. <laughs> because there was no one greater. <laughs> and what was the swearing all about? In the moment you say, it was a swearing that has to do with the integrity of his word. He said, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely of certainty, surely blessing, I will bless you. He didn't say cursing. Abba. He didn't say cursing. He said poverty. <laughs> so you can see, the, the, the promises of God are yea and amen. He said, you are, you, are, you, are, you are a son of Abraham. What kind of a son of Abraham? And you believe that sickness is your, is your heritage. You believe that poverty is your heritage. What kind of a son of Abraham are you? He said, surely blessing. I will bless thee. Multiplying, I will multiply thee. Ah. Do you know that Ishmael, who was not part of the covenant, but because he came out of Abraham, because he came out of Abraham, he received a part of the blessing. And may I tell you something about Ishmael and his generation, they maximized that little Nature, that little, little um, DNA they got from Abraham, and that's why today you look, look, go, I mean, look at, look at um, UAE, look at all those uh, generation, the descendants of of uh, Ishmael. Look at what they've done. Of course, it's not all of them that did well, but the people. The, 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 that generation, the, 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 the particular generation that took hold of the blessing, the blessing, that little, little blessing that was released, even though it wasn't the blessing that came upon Ishmael, the blessing came upon Isaac. 
But because Ishmael was born from the loins of Abraham, he said, she will still be blessed. <laughs> well, let's, we're not going to that. We're not going to that. That little thing, little, little factor of God, the word, that little word that God just said, see, Ishmael, because you came out of Abraham, you'll still be blessed. See what they have used it and turn it into. And yet we that are of the covenant, we have not done anything with a covenant blessing that God has given. But now you are in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> he says, surely blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. So we see, we see the content of the blessing, the blessing, multiplication. And so after he had patiently endured, the Bible says Abraham obtained the promise. In other words, he walked in the manifestation of the promise. Of course, we, we saw that eventually he walked in the manifestation. He took a bit of time, but he had experienced every other blessing. The only one that took time was Isaac, the Isaac coming. For example, the blessing in terms, in terms of uh, wealth, Came. In terms of material things, came heavily. He had so much influence, but he had to wait many years for the real deal, the Isaac. And Isaac eventually came. Verse 16 said, For men verily swear by the greater. That's how it's done. You swear by the greater. And an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. In other words, once there's a swearing and there is an oath, Go and sleep. Nobody. There's so much respect to covenant agreement in the Old Testament. And of course, even till now, when you agree, you know, some people, they just do all this year, year agreement. No, this one's an old agreement, you know. But when you do a proper agreement, there's respect. Companies that are making it in a generation are company that respects agreement to the core. So when agreement is made, he said that's the end of any fear. That's what he's saying. He says, wherein God will him abundantly to show unto the heirs. He said, who are the heirs? We. He's talking about us now. Now he's, he, he's using this now and then begin to talk about the implication, the application of this same to us, the new covenant children of God. He said, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs or promise the immutability of his counsel. Hey, in other words, the unchangingness of his counsel, the infallibility of his counsel, the integrity of his word, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things that cannot change, in which it was impossible it was impossible. God cannot lie. It was impossible for God to lie so that we might have a strong, not just we might have consolation, no, a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. The integrity of the word of God is the anchor of our soul. He said, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the foreigner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Hallelujah. This is confirming the integrity of the word of God, the immutability of the word of God. 
The word of God cannot change. It's the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. Hallelujah. I read more scripture and then and then we, we wrap it up. I just laid the foundation and then um, on, on Wednesday we'll continue. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 16, 2 Peter 1, 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, wherein there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I were pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Talking about the transfiguration, the mount of transfiguration. Verse 19, he said, now, so what, what, what was all of this all about? Verse 19, he said, for we have also a more sure word of prophecy. <laughs> Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in the dark places, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Knowing this word that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time, but by the will of man. But, but for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the written word of God that you see today came by the Holy Ghost. Not by the will of any man. He came by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is why, see, the word of God is surer than any voice you may hear from the sky. I'm telling you. No matter how... No matter how gymnastically the voice came, if it does not tally with the word of God, it cannot be taken. Can you see? So that's why the word of God is more, is surer than a voice speaking from heaven. They say, I've not heard a voice from heaven. You, the word of God is enough for you. The word of God is enough for you. And I'm not saying that you can't hear a voice from heaven. Yeah, you can. Amen. <laughs> but most often, it's, it's, it's for people that, uh, that are still trying to, um, you, I'm not saying that you can be matured and still be hearing that. Yeah, fine. And God still speaks that way. But notice, whatever experience or revelation you have or any voice you hear from God, if it does not tally with the word of God, is not admissible in the court of heaven. It's not admissible in the realm of the spirit as far as God is concerned. That's why the word of God, whatever it is that the word of God has said, is surer than any other thing. It's surer than any dream you have. It's surer than any experience that does not tally with the word of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's the living word we're talking about here. The living word packaged in, the, in a book, packaged inside an iPad, packaged in your phone. The Word of God. That's where life flows from. And that's why you need to decide to always throw yourself into the Word of God. Read the Word on a daily basis. Read it all the time. Meditate on it all the time. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for listening to this message. We know you have received a word that will launch you to greater heights. Please share your testimonies with us through email to info at dlcc.org.ng. Call us or chat with us on 0803-288-7871. Best of all, come worship with us at 27 Shonola Street, Ogba, Aguda, Lagos. For more information on our worship time and programs, please visit www.dhlcc.org.ng. Like us on Facebook at Destiny Life Christian Center. Follow us on Twitter at DLCC Lagos. Follow us on Instagram at DLCC Lagos. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Destiny Life Christian Center. Remember, you are deeply loved, you are highly favored, you are greatly graced, you have marvelously helped, you have a great destiny, and you have fulfilling it.